God, I pray that uh, you will be with us during our time. Pray that we give glory to you and your presence will be evident. Father, we thank you for Ron. We thank you for Ben, for them joining us today. We pray for their safety. Father, we pray for yes. Ben specifically and his family. Yes. Lord, as they have evacuated to, to Poland, Lord God, I pray that you be with them and keep them. Father, we pray an end will come to this war. We pray that you will take control. Yes. And Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As many of you know, Ron Jones is a, a Pendel missionary to the Ukraine. And uh, we have a little, uh, he was actually uh, spoke last Sunday at a church in Carlisle, Bethel Assembly in Carlisle, right? And yes, uh, the news, the local news came out and did a story on him. And uh, uh, Anthony, if you can go ahead and play that, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll show you how Ron became a movie star last week. <laughs> with Let's nothing but a bunch of suitcases a central pennsylvania missionary and his family leaving the ukraine behind cbs 21's mega majenski has the story of a carlisle pastor looking to lend a helping hand to people and a place he considers to be a second home Ron Jones and his family are missionaries. They were in Ukraine for about four years. Now they're trying to do everything they can to help from the U.S. It's shock. It's just complete disbelief. It's like you're watching a movie. Ron Jones and his family made it back to the U.S. safely about four weeks ago. At the end of January, the U.S. Embassy made an announcement that things have gotten such so bad that they evacuated all non-essential personnel and at that time our organization the assemblies of god world missions uh, recommended that our family and other missionary families leave the family packed their mm -hmm. life into half a dozen suitcases and headed back to the u.s it's difficult because at that point you struggle with did you make the right decision do you feel like you're abandoning your friends <laughs> but I am able to do so much more now in the States. We are sending thousands of dollars to relief workers. During service at Assembly of God Church in Carlisle, Ron shared the stories of some of his Ukrainian friends. We were helping people to uh, feed because some people that doesn't have money to go out or they just stay uh, on their spots and where they live and they don't want to go from the city. Ron is asking for prayers and resources to help Ukraine. There's some concern about how much we should play a role, but there comes a point where we need to step forward because if we don't fight it there, we'll have to fight it here. Now, if you want to donate, the church is sending money directly to families in Ukraine that need the help. They have a link on their website. I'll have that posted over at cbs21.com. In Carlisle, Megan Majenski, CBS 21 News. There you go. There you go. Ron, uh, Ron I'd like to kind of uh, introduce yourself to some folks that, that may not know you yeah. and uh, kind of share uh, share about God's call to, to you to go to Ukraine. Uh, sure, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, I I always try to connect with people and let them know uh, a little bit of my story uh, because I am I'm I'm a pretty simple guy. I would would like to say, uh, 20 years ago, I was like most of the people in your churches. I was attending my local Assemblies of God church in Carlisle. Uh, I was a businessman. My father had started a plumbing company and uh, was doing business. God was blessing. We had a great successful business, but uh, I had a passion, a desire, uh, you know, the, the Holy Spirit urging in my heart. 
<laughs> when the missionaries would come to our church, uh, my heart would skip a beat. And uh, eventually, um, we we were we were I don't want to say obedient enough because I don't want to sound prideful, but we were uh, crazy enough to follow God's call. And uh, so we sold the business. And in 2012, our family, my wife and I, and five children embarked in our uh, world missions assignment. Um, my focus, my entire career has always been business. And uh, I like to use the, the resources, the, the, the skills that God has given me to expand the kingdom. And so we work primarily in the business, in the marketplace in these countries uh, to bring the gospel into the marketplace to develop Christians as stronger, um, stronger entrepreneurs, more successful in the marketplace, uh, because we know, you know, for the national church to get strong, for it to grow, it has to have a good, solid uh, congregation of, of uh, successful business people to help guide it, organize it, give leadership, and of course, give finances and resources. So uh, we've been a busy doing that. We went to Cairo for a year. Then we went to Muscat, Oman for two years. And uh, then about five years ago, um, we had, uh, we were asked, what do we want to do next? And, um, you know, I've always had a love for the Slavic people, for especially Ukraine. Uh, I have actually been doing short-term missions in Ukraine since 2008. And we said, hey, um, we'd love to go to Ukraine and be involved there. And so that's where we ended up in June of 2018. We put our feet on the ground in Kiev and with our three youngest children. And we've been living in Kiev, uh, Ukraine, until literally two or three. Uh, well, no, about five weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So what I what I started to say was this. <laughs> God uses the simple things of the world. God uses ordinary people. And uh, I'm so blessed that he decided to use me. I'm, I'm, uh, I, every day I'm just uh, floored that God would choose to, to use a simple guy like me uh, to help spread the gospel. But uh, that's the message we try to bring and carry as we go to churches saying, hey, I don't care what age you are. When God's stirring your heart, when God, when God is in it, uh, step in and get involved and God will use you where, where you are or to the father's corners of the earth. Amen. Ron, take us back five weeks ago, which led to your <clears throat> plans to leave. Yeah. So um, we, we, it was probably the first week of December that we started to hear that there's some tension, some buildup of forces along the border of Russia. and. Um, and, and as you live as an expat in foreign countries, the U.S. Embassy keeps you up to date, uh, issues you a lot of warnings. Normally, the warnings are ignored because uh, the U.S. government, you know, is really kind of ultra protective. And uh, so we ignore them, we ignore them, we ignore them. But um, we could see that each week it was getting more and more. It was getting worse. So by the end of January, um, the U.S. Embassy uh, recommended. Uh, that non-essential personnel be evacuated out of Ukraine, uh, embassy personnel be evacuated. And at that time, the Assemblies of God said, uh, guys, we, we would like you to leave. And so, um, you know, it was all our, our decisions. You know, it was not forced upon us, but um, it was strongly recommended. We struggled with that decision, uh, but 
um, for the safety of my three children and my wife, uh, we, we did uh, come back. I got back here into Pennsylvania 29th of January. What, what have you been doing since you've been back here? Wow. Well, not much sleep. I know that. <laughs> you been you know, busy. <laughs> they, uh, they never train you for what it's like for evacuation. They never train you for that mission school. And um, I just remember going through that evacuation and, and just getting everything out the door within the matter of as much as we could within the matter of two or three days and telling my wife, well, just hang on, just hang on. Once we get on the airplane, we go home, we can rest. <laughs> that didn't happen, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. We have, uh, we've been very proud and very strong to be a voice for Ukraine. Uh, uh, God has really um, opened up so many opportunities, especially as the bombs started to drop, as the invasion started the 24th of February. Uh, every day, uh, literally, not every day, every hour, I am getting messages from people on the ground, from the people I know, from pastors, from churches, from uh, uh, my colleagues, uh, talking about either their situation, needing some prayer, needing connection to another part of Ukraine, and also just needing resources to help provide relief and uh, help. And so uh, we have been busy kind of being that in between. We've been a voice here in, Ukraine, uh, in Pennsylvania and Delaware, raising uh, the, the awareness of Ukraine. We're, we're uh, um, collecting donations uh, financially, and we are actively able to get uh, support and finances into Ukraine. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a few minutes, but... Uh... I know you shared a church uh, a couple of weeks ago, last week, uh, about that, and you got a phone call, and you got a request. <laughs> Could you t share that with us? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, some of you pastors that you know being on t being on TV, being on the news, that's normal, right? You're, you're used to that. Well, for me, it was a new experience. And so, the Monday after that television aired, I get a phone call uh, from a woman. I can tell she was an elderly woman. I, you know, I. She sounded like she's 75, 80 years old. She's here in our hometown. And she said, are, are you Ron Jones? Said, yes. You're the missionary. Yes, ma'am. She said, well, she says, I, I want to make a donation. I want to help you. I said, great. We'll be happy to, you know, bless, you know, help bless the people in Ukraine. She goes, well, I'm really interested uh, in uh, responding to President Zelensky's request. President Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, if you remember a few weeks ago, Joe Biden called him up and said, hey, uh, you know, we want to help evacuate you, get you out of Kiev. And uh, if you remember what Zelensky said, he said, I don't need a ride. I need ammo. <laughs> and uh, this grandma, this grandma, she said to me, she said, when Zelensky said, I don't need a ride, I need ammo. She goes, I knew I had to help. And she goes, me and some of my friends, which I don't know if it's, if it's the knitting club or what it is. She goes, we're going to collect about $1,000. Can you help us buy bullets for the, for the Ukrainian army? <laughs> and uh, so she says, I want, Zelensky needs ammo. She goes, I want to send them ammo. And so I said, well, so first, I, I can't get you a tax receipt for that donation. But I said, I can get you connected <laughs> and uh, help you because there is funds that are uh, uh, being funneled to help the Ukrainian military. So we're assisting her. 
uh, we're assisting grandma to buy bullets for the Ukrainian army. And uh, God, God just continues to amaze me in crazy stories like that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Ron and I have invited, Ron invited a, a friend of his to join us today. And Ron, if you wouldn't mind going ahead and introducing, introducing yeah. Ben. Sure. Uh, I, am, I am just blessed by this brother uh, that I'd become friends with. Um, his name is Benjamin Kovalenko. Benjamin is uh, a pastor in Cherkasy, which is about two or three hours drive, two hours drive south of Kiev. Um, one of my co-missionaries in, in uh, Ukraine told me one day about, about Benjamin. They said, oh, you've met Benjamin Kovalenko. I said, yes, yes. He said, Pastor Benjamin is the hardest working pastor in Ukraine, <laughs> and he is. Uh, this man has dedicated everything he has to the gospel. Um, I can tell you stories of the sacrifice that he has made that would embarrass him, uh, of things that he has given so that the gospel can continue to grow in Ukraine. He currently pastors two churches in the Cherkasy region. And uh, he's also uh, just a, a good brother. He's a father of four boys. And uh, it was a week or two ago, he'll, he can tell you, but he evacuated his children to Poland, his wife and children to Poland. He's still in Kiev. He's still in Cherkasy, Ukraine. Uh, but here's the thing about Pastor Benjamin. Um, he, Men, men are not allowed to leave Ukraine right now. 16 to 60 years old, they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to evacuate unless you have three or more children. Benjamin could have easily left with his wife, with his children. Uh, he could get up and do that today. Um, but I know his heart. I know he wouldn't do that. He's went back because he's there to serve. He's there to keep the church strong and uh, a blessing. So with great honor, I introduce my friend to you, Pastor Benjamin. Benjamin, please say a few words. Thank you so much. You told so many good things about me that I was thinking that it's not concern, it's not about me, it's someone else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, I am very thankful to God to see you, and I'm thankful to God for on. We were uh, doing some ministry here. And he inspired me uh, to make right decision here in church planting sphere. So he arrived in Ukraine when we were planning to start a church in a town of 300,000 people. So, and with his support and prayer, we made few good decision about church building and about how to start. So I still have uh, at least a paper and photos of this paper where we were discussing uh, vision mm. of the church and we were discussing mm. uh, first steps, what to do here. Also, mm. I'm so glad that I had possibility uh, to join uh, Ron in his first step in ministry for Christian businessmen. businessmen. You know, it was also a blessing for me because uh, before I became a pastor, I was working hard and I had small business. Um, we were producing furniture for kitchens 
cabinets for kitchens. So um, I had some experience here and Ron appeared here in the very hard time when we were making the decision to leave business in Kiev to move on here to Cherkasa because here is my mother church and I was deacon here and was serving as a youth leader and I made a decision uh, to stay here. So I'm so blessed by Ron and his family, as I told before. So I was welcomed in his home. It was one day when I was going back from the Western Ukraine and it was, I think it was later than middle of the night, maybe one o'clock or maybe later. So I called him because I had no any possibility to stay somewhere to have night. And he took phone in the middle of the night and said, please welcome you are welcome in my home. So I came to his home in the middle of the night and I had possibility to sleep well and have breakfast. So for me, it was a good blessings. And also every time I was in Kiev, every time we were making another decision. So I had possibility to talk with him and he was counseling me in some financial questions and so on. So if, if to describe everything what is going here, I would love to do this in two directions. First directions is uh, to show love from church, love of Christ to those people who are refugees who are going through our places. So there, is, there are two types of people who need help here in Ukraine. First are refugees, of course. Uh, but most of them, they need help in my territory uh, for one night or two nights. So we had a basement in village church and we removed elite and now had have here 30 places for sleeping and we have everything organized for kitchen. So people who go from the east of Ukraine to the west, they stop here, they eat here, we give them everything for free and they can have a, a quiet place for sleeping. In town, because you, well, because yeah. you are the good thing is you're you're strategically located almost in the central part of Ukraine, which is uh, you know the east is where all the the worst uh, uh, bombing is going on. So there's lots of people coming through your area. Yeah, people you know. from Sume and Kharkov, they usually go through my town. So we organized. Also, there are some churches in town who who do this, you know, so we are not like unique in this. So we were praying how to be unique. So there is a second type of people who need help. For two years already, I'm a director of local social center. The local government invited me as a pastor to be a director here also and to help people. So we see a great need in villages here in Cherkasse with poor families and kids. Mm -hmm. So in Cherkasse town, we organized center of help for um, kids and families. And we do this help, give this help only through social workers because they really know who needs help. Unfortunately, there are some people who are saying lie here also, you know, they can go to different places and say like this, nobody helped me. So we did this strategically to reach those people who are 
by the logistics, they are separated from civilization. They have no possibility to go by medicine, then not having possibility to go to another town. So people in villages, they are staying in villages because of traffic and lots of checkpoints, you know? Mm -hmm. So only, only key people can, so if you want to go somewhere, previously, before war, I was able to go from village to town three times, four times per day. Now I'm able to do this only one time. So my one side, like 10 kilometers, I can drive for one hour and the same wow. bag. So wow. we try to fix everything in one time tree. So Benjamin, I, I, wanna, yeah. I wanna just point out one thing. Uh, pastors, uh, it was about two years ago, Benjamin came to me and told me about this opportunity where he could be the head of the of the social network or the social uh, community for his re for his region for his village, and um, I didn't realize <laughs> that he, it would just be such a God was putting him such in a strategic spot, so that now not only is he you know spiritually positioned as a pastor, but also in humanitarian wise. He, his connections and his network is, is quite wide throughout that region. So, you know, God sets our steps before us, and he certainly did for you, Pastor. Yeah. Our region has 66th commune. It's like Villages United uh -huh. communes. So, and through Cherkasi Church, we are serving to all of them. Mm. So some of them are far, and they come only one time per week. So they receive bumpers, they receive some food, they receive some hygiene products, they receive specific food for babies, babies and mom products. So, mm. but some of them are able to come um, more, more often. So who are more close to Cherkasi. Yeah. So people try to cooperate. We are not able to close like all problems, right. but we try to help really for those who are in danger of lack money and lack of food mm -hmm. and in our area. Mm -hmm. So it's it like one direction. Another direction, yeah. what we see, I believe the war will stop. Amen. So Amen. there will never be like every uh, uh, day war or many years. We, we pray about this. Amen. So now there we see uh, direction, what we see, we need to work with those people who are staying with us, local people, you know, mm -hmm. and not to lose this opportunity because refugees now they are here, but very soon they will go to another places or they will go back home. Mm -hmm. And we understand that church can lose again an opportunity to win those people who are living around church. Yeah. So now we are really thinking about uh, praying for God's wisdom what to do here, and we plan to do something uh, for parents and kids. You know, kids are not able to go to school. They have no possibility to have fun. And mm -hmm. church building in Cherkasse, it's not big building, but uh, previously it was a restaurant, but it has very strong basement mm -hmm. where children can be in building, but if something happened, they go to basement for shelter, you know? Right, so right. We, we want to serve parents who are struggling. They need some advices. They need some support. So, and we see that we need to go in two directions. 
because many people who are coming to us for help, they we are not able to share gospel with everyone. We're not able to um, give, uh, some people are not willing to take New, New Testament or something else. So for this reason, we pray here and we discuss every opportunity not to be distracted by some temporary uh, problems also. Mm -hmm. Because right. in, in the future, in the future, if we concentrate only on refugees, we will lose people in church. So for, ben for, for, for the, yeah. Benjamin, I'm gonna, I, I'm sharing a picture here now. This is you, the, the center, the building that you have, you're in the process of buying. The, yeah. the church meets there every Sunday, uh, but this is the place where you are able to provide ministry out of to the city of Cherkasi. Uh, again, I think you told me 60,000 or more people normally living in Cherkasi, right? 300,000. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yep. Uh, and and so God has, has really blessed you again. This started a two year, two years ago uh, when this was the building before Benjamin got it. He's already done some refurbishing to it. I'm sorry. This is probably a bad picture. You, you've made it look so much better. But uh Benjamin is already positioned as a relief worker and also a, a, a source of hope once the war stops for people to come to this building. Hey, Ron, um, I know that you, you have a lot of contacts with people. Uh, you know, you were talking about constant contacts with people and you yeah. shared with me some, um, some things that are happening in the church. Could you share a little yeah. bit of that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let me let me pop in here. And, uh, you know, uh, God, uh, God is got this under control. God is definitely at work doing some amazing things. Um, I'm going to pop up a, a photograph here as soon as I get it. Uh, where did it get to? Anyways, while you, while yeah, you seeking photo, I will tell you one story very quick, you know. In a time of war, what is most important to help those people who are close? We have one brother in our church who is a deacon, and he has a basement in his building, his own building. You know, and his neighbors were really afraid to sleep in their houses. So he allowed it to other families to sleep with him in basement. So mm -hmm. this Sunday, this family was in church. Wow. That, yeah. That happens. Now, last Sunday, Benjamin sent me this photo. Uh, I said, Benjamin, are you in the hospital? <laughs> but I know, I know better. This is baptismal uh, clothing. Uh, in the Slavic world, they wear white for baptismal. So Wait a minute, Benjamin, Ron. Let me interrupt. So in the middle of the war, you're doing baptisms. Yeah, Benjamin, you've been baptizing people, right? Yes, we did this. <laughs> uh god is god is doing some incredible things uh i want to share with you too a, a video this came to me yesterday from a church that is in um sorry that is in harkiv uh amazing uh, you know this is a church that is being built can you see that yes packed full yeah this church uh, 
is full of over 300 people yesterday. Um, people are coming. People are hearing the gospel. Uh, of course, they're getting relief. They're getting they're getting their physical needs met, but lives are being changed in the middle of war. And uh, all glory to Jesus. All glory to Jesus. Amen. I see uh, Pastor Don is on the call. He's a temporary missionary in Brussels. You want to say hello there, Pastor? Good morning. Or, well, <laughs> is it morning, afternoon, or evening? I don't know where I am in the world. <laughs> Uh, hello, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's good to see everyone on the call. And uh, thank you to uh, Ron and to our brother from the Ukraine. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing with us perspective uh, as to what's going on the, in the Ukraine. Uh, it's an honor to have you, Pastor, uh, today. Thank you. Ron, um, I want to ask you, uh, you know, what are some of the reports you're hearing um, about the future and, and what's uh, what's going on there in Ukraine right now, uh, currently, today? Yeah. Um, as far as military-wise, it's it seems to get darker and darker every day. And um, we don't know. We don't know what this tyrant will do next. Uh, but we do know who is... Uh, in charge. We do know who controls the future. And uh, what a source of hope that Pastor Benjamin and pastors like that have as they prepare and they look forward to, to restoration and rebuilding. And so uh, as, as people are giving and getting food and getting help, uh, we're also beginning to make efforts to talk about how do we how do we begin to restore? How do we begin to give uh, hope to people? Um, you know, feeding people like this uh, day in and day out, uh, we give them bread. We give them loaves of bread and other supplies. But in the process, we also give them the bread of life. And, um, you know, Ukraine has consistently uh, been evangelical Christians, less than 5%, 43 million people, uh, less than 5% are evangelical. However, the, the, the Baptists, the Pentecostals, they are a strong voice and a strong uh, message in society. And that is growing uh, through this, uh, this, this challenging time. They are doing incredible uh, ways of providing support and providing help. Everybody keeps asking, what can we do? You know, a lot of yeah. a lot of and, and I know that uh, our, our general superintendent, Doug Clay, came out and asked for prayer yesterday yeah. uh, for the, the churches, the Assembly of God churches to uh, to pray. And uh, Ron, I know that we've talked about uh, Convoy of Hope uh, is very active with the refugees and the Assembly of God has a website that they sent out that uh, Anthony, if you can go ahead and put that in the in the chat area there. Uh, for those of you who would like it, this is a, a, a link that's set out that you can go right to this link and donate directly to um, the relief effort over there. And uh, my understanding, if I'm right, Ron, is this um, most of this relief goes to the refugees that are being served on the uh, borders of Romania and Poland. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a Convoy of Hope, as always, is doing an incredible job 
in meeting the needs of people leaving Ukraine, the refugees that have made it its way out. We have nearly 3,000 Ukrainians have, or excuse me, 3 million Ukrainians have left the country. Uh, the greatest refugee crisis since World War II. They're going to Poland, Hungary, Romania. And, uh, and so a lot of our AG missionaries are working with convoy at the borders in providing help as the people are coming across the border with literally nothing but the shirts on their back. Uh, so convoy is doing a, a great job of, of uh, resolving that. There is another dimension and that is how do we get help inside Ukraine? Uh, I don't know about you, but the idea of sending money into a war zone concerns me. How do you do this? <laughs> uh, is there, you know, could they even get it? Is it possible? Well, uh, God, God puts these things in place. And one of the things as a, as a businessman, uh, I've always, uh, no matter what country I've landed in, I've always focused on setting up bank accounts and getting my financial um, pathways established because we know as missionaries, we do a lot of funding. Um, so over the last four years, I've uh, developed a, a good uh, understanding of how to get money in and out of the country uh, legally, <laughs> legally. <laughs> um, but um, we are we are uh, we're now leveraging those resources. Uh, and uh, because of our connections, I have been able to uh, the funds that are being donated uh, through me we are able to get inside Ukraine on the ground. We are giving it to, to people like Pastor Benjamin in Tricasi, to uh, Andre Verakuda in Kharkiv, uh, to um, Matthew in uh, uh, Lviv, uh, all these different places of, that we can send money. Now, how we do it, we have a transfer system uh, and we transfer the money and it goes directly to Benjamin's bank card. In uh, Ukraine, uh, they use a they use debit cards. They don't use checks and things like this. They have a debit card, and so when I send money to Benjamin, uh, literally, I could I could do it right now. Uh, if I hit a couple keys, I can send a thousand dollars, five thousand, twenty thousand dollars to his bank card, and he'll have it within five to ten minutes, and he'll be able to go spend it. Um, so we're working with my trusted network of people that I know, people that I've established connection with, people I can trust. They're reporting back to me uh, of what they're doing with that money. They're providing the photographs and making sure that you know everything's being done as best as possible. Now you got to understand, uh, we haven't had no trouble, but we are sending money into a war zone. So we're trying to uh, always uh, adjust in these challenging times. But uh, these guys are, are working it and, and they're providing the relief that is needed to people on the ground. Um, so there was one more point I wanted to say, but anyways, uh, it's, been a, it's been a great source of uh, support for them. And uh, God's really been blessing. I, I, right now we've, we've been able to raise over $20,000 within the last week or two. And uh, we're continuing to um, collect funds for that and uh we're able to get that into into their hands right away so the the link for uh the ag giving is on the chat room you can you can go right directly to that you can give that way you'll get credit for that but ron how do we do it through your uh, sure. method 
Sure. Okay. So <clears throat> you can send to you can send right to my PayPal if you want, and uh, and then we keep a, accountability that way, or you can send a check uh, to my local church here, Bethel Assembly of God in Carlisle, has established a fund, and uh, if you if you send them a check, uh, you can market Ukrainian relief. Uh, but Bethel and Carla also has online giving. You can do a bank transfer. They don't take credit cards, but they do a bank transfer through the online and you would need to designate there for Ukraine relief. But um, uh, those are the two easiest ways. Send it to Bethel and Assembly in Carlisle or send it to my PayPal account and we are then uh, managing it from there. And how would they access that? Yeah. Uh, I can put it here in the chat. Let me just type that up here just a minute. But as, as Ron mentioned, this money can get into the country right away to the pastors and different things. But uh, as far as getting credit for it, you'd have to go through uh, the AGWM site on there or Convoy of Hope. To, and primarily this goes to the refugees. But as he's That's putting right. it, uh, what I'd like to do is if you have any questions for Ron or for Ben, if you wouldn't mind uh, just typing them and putting them in the chat. We have uh, nearly 60, we have 60 people on the call. And so it'd be virtually impossible to, to, to recognize everybody who has questions. If you have some specific questions you would like them to answer, if you wouldn't mind going ahead and uh, writing your question in chat and, and Ron or Ben could answer the question um, as it comes up. But uh, Ron, uh, do you have that site to put in there, the chat? Yeah, yeah. I put uh, I put my PayPal address. I put uh, Bethel Assembly's uh, physical mailing address, and I also have my email uh, that is there. Uh, if you have any questions, you can follow up with an email, and there's my cell phone number as well. So, um, of course, if you guys miss it, you can call the district office, and I'm sure they'll have that information for you too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it would be a great opportunity to to see your your support come through because we're able to get it into the neediest people, the 40 million that are still in Ukraine. Three million have left, but there's still forty million inside Ukraine. Okay, okay somebody's not, asking. Somebody yeah, I'm not seeing that question. come up in the chat. Did you no? put it in the chat? No. Does, oh, does every, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, I need to put it on the public chat. Okay. Let me let me get to that. Okay. That's, apologize. That's fine. There we go. It just came up. Okay. There it is right there. Uh, Pastor awesome. Benjamin, how are your physical needs, food, water, shelter being met? It's got everything fine. Dude, there's not a limitation of supplies for you where you're at yet? I have enough. I live with my parents. We had enough. Are you able to go places and buy things? You said you can go into town once a day. Yes. In our uh, town, we are buying many products and sending um, uh, to different people. And also I see another question. My family is in Poland. My family is in Poland. Uh, um, I'm contacting with them through Viber, through WhatsApp, and some messengers. I see them on video every day, and we pray together. Uh, what number of people are coming to know the Lord through this crisis? I can say that thousands and hundreds of thousands. 
but you know, another question, how many of them will stay in the church? So I will say a few seconds, if, if you don't mind. I was denied two times in USA embassy to go to USA. I had invitation from Slavic District Assembly of God. Couple, a couple denied. years ago, a couple years ago. Years ago, yeah. yeah. And I know that maybe I will have no such possibility in a close future to visit Ukraine. But I would ask you to support some long-term also projects in sphere of church planting. You know, so it's it's really important here. We see here, so many people are without church here. So, for example, we have like um, if we have three hundred thousand, maybe we have only two thousand believers here in Cherkasse. So. Lots of people need these churches everywhere. So it's like my my plea, my desire, um, and to say to all of you. So I think for my for my it's only on my view. You know, Ron said that he's a simple guy. I'm most simplest guy here in Ukraine. But <laughs> we see really, really, I'm from simple family, from Christian family, from a village. I had a possibility to study in university. It was a miracle for my family. I'm the first one who had possibility after Soviet Union to study in university. I had master degree and I finished postgraduate study and God gave me this possibility. And I see the church is really the most needed thing here is in Ukraine because only through church we can go and work more with those people who are decide to go to be a follower of Christ. Yeah, we're going to show a little video at the end of it that uh, that uh, la uh, not the Friday before last, we were on a Zoom, I was on a Zoom call with the Assembly of God leaders and some missionaries, and we had a missionary in Kiev and in Jarrell that um, we'll, we'll be sharing that video in just a few minutes uh, in conclusion, and, and then we'll have a time of prayer. But uh, Ron, have you heard much from the church in Kiev? Yeah. Um, uh, the report I got this morning from some of our uh, local pastors is Kiev is really emptying out. Uh, it's a city of four million, but uh, it's it's really become becoming a ghost town. Uh, from my understanding, my neighbors who live uh, two blocks away from me, uh, there's nobody anymore in my neighborhood. Um, many people live in high-rise apartment buildings, and uh, my daughter. 11-year-old daughter, she's video calling with her friend yesterday as we were driving home from church. And, uh, you know, 11-year-old kids shouldn't have to discuss this. But uh, she's telling us how that they barricaded the third floor so that nobody can, can get up above the third floor. No, no army can come up through the third floor to get to their fifth floor apartment. Um, while she's talking to my daughter, she's looking out the window. It was eight or nine o'clock at night. She says, she goes, what, why, why, why are their lights on? They know they're not supposed to have their light on because in their high rise, they can look around, they see the village. And uh, of course, when it's dark now, everybody's lights are out. They, they walk around with just their flashlight from their cell phone so they can see in the city. Those that remain there are under strict orders, no lights. I'm glad that my daughter is able to communicate with her friends and you know support them, but children shouldn't have to discuss these things. Children shouldn't have to be subject to these terrible, terrible things that are happening. 
so my heart my heart bleeds for them uh it really does uh benjamin i i need to address one thing benjamin somebody asked how is benjamin doing and he said uh we have enough uh you gotta understand that's code talk for ukrainian as in we're just getting by <laughs> uh benjamin won't tell you but you see him in his coat it's because uh, his, his furnace has went out in his house. Uh, it's, uh, he told me it was 20 degrees before we started the call. So um, God always provides and always takes care of, and, and, and he does bless, bless uh, the pastor. He takes care of him. But uh, his needs are dire all the time. Um, somebody also asked, how can I come share in their church? Um, uh, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to speak in churches. We're traveling as much as uh, as much as our schedule as we can. Uh, obviously, uh, Sundays are are really important times uh, for churches to have me to speak. I'll be happy to come. Uh, I don't have as many Sundays available, uh, but uh, right now I think in June I have some Sundays. I might have one before that. Midweek services uh, were available as well as anything on the weekends, any kind of special events you want to have. Some churches are doing special events just to raise awareness for Ukraine. And we can come in on a Friday night or a Saturday morning or whatever, something like that. Yep. Thank there you, is an interesting question about Putin uh, that he, some people are saying that he is doing God's work in riding Ukraine of human trafficking biolabs. Mm. You know, this usually a stories from Russia's Russian news. You know what they say. Unfortunately, uh, many Christians who lives in Russia they also trust this news. They I got believe that. This news. Still that thing. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, if you want to clean some country from seen or from some bad things you don't need to use army for it you know yeah. we usually use gospel to clean someone Amen. so mm -hmm. why we not seeing russian missionaries here in ukraine you know till 2010 there were 80 percent of russian pastors they were all ukrainians almost 80 percent mm -hmm. of all missionaries in russia are ukrainians so we never fight it with army, with weapons, you know, but Russia tried to clean Ukraine from a scene, blah, 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 like to say, but we had no human trafficking. We had some problem with people, but, you know, we have lots of Christians here. We have very strong Ukrainian Orthodox here, church, and also Catholic church. So Ukraine, really peaceful country. In spiritual way, we see few spirits which are, we are again for, against for. First, it's a spirit of lie. It's covered all Russia and even many of, unfortunately, of believers. They are so afraid of Russian army. They are so afraid to say openly about Christ. Second, we see spirit of communism. You know, this spirit communists they won from germany but they took away all bad spirits from germany to their territory and third and another it's a spirit of death and fear you know so everyone is afraid if you see videos now in ukraine you can see thousands of people 
who were making demonstration without weapons against tanks, against, against people who are with armor. They yeah. say that Ukraine is a free country. And you, if you compare with Russia, it, you can see 200 people are escaping one policeman. Yeah. So why is going on? So there were some people, okay, who moved from Ukraine to USA. I can say openly, my church in village, we had 600 people who moved from our church to USA. But only some of them are really care about what is happening here. Right. You know, and some of them even writing like this, you know, we have many non-believers here. They can say not rising things, for example. They can say glory to Ukraine. Of course, glory to God. But I'm not writing to non-believers that you are not right. You know, we try to show them in the right way, peace of God, glory Amen. to God, never seen. Amen. But yeah. 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 We have a video that I want to show you real quick. Um, this is taken from our Zoom call uh, that was last Friday. It was uh, kind of put together from, it's three minutes long. So uh, Anthony, if you could go ahead and share that. Uh, very powerful. Yeah, thanks guys. Um, I'm in Kiev, just on the outs outskirts of the city on the west side. And uh, we've had a lot of shelling today. And, um, and we're close to the, one of the city airports. So the uh, anti-aircraft batteries go off pretty frequently. Unfortunately, a lot of times in life, it's a tragedy or a crisis that drives people to, to think about God or even to consider God in certain cultures and backgrounds. And I think there's more people praying now than maybe in a lot of countries than, than have before. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity when, when people begin to reflect on life and what it means. They realize work means nothing. They, they realize what they have is nothing because they lose it pretty quick. What do you have left? You have life. So I think there's uh, millions that are reflecting on what, you know, what is that life? What does that mean? What's after life? And I think that's going to be the opportunity that, that we have most of all to relieve personal suffering is that's necessary and good and great, but there's a place in, our, in each of our hearts that only God can feel. And a lot of people feel it with a lot of counterfeits, things that they think it feels good, this this cause or that cause, or I don't want to name any causes because it would step on some toes, but you know, everybody finds a counterfeit. If, they, if, they, if they're trying to avoid God, they, they have that yearning, but they feel it right now. All those feelings have been ripped away. Um, and they have to face that question. What about God? 
nothing fits our opportunity. Meet the physical need, and in doing so, empower ourselves to meet that the spiritual need of what about God? Very powerful video for sure. And, um, you know, what was cool about the Zoom call last week and, and uh, hundreds, uh, just numerous people on it, we spend the last few minutes praying for Ukraine. And, and we wanna do that now. On the, on the chat, you have Ron's information. You have the information from AGWM that you can contact them and give that way. But I wanna encourage you, some, some churches are uh, making it a point to uh, have a designated Sunday where they give. Uh, this video is actually can be available to you. Just contact us. We'll get it to you. Uh, we've been given permission to share this video that you just saw. But I'm going to ask Ron, if you wouldn't mind, close this uh, up this time in prayer and uh, pray uh, for, for Ben and pray for the, the, the church in Ukraine that is so close to your heart. And we saw the passion that Gerald had in his, in his face and the, the pain and passion he has. That uh, In the video call, he said, uh, numerous people said, the only hope for Ukraine is God to move. And so we need to pray for that in, in our churches. So Ron, if you'll lead us in a time of prayer. Yeah, yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we come before you today, God. Uh, we feel that, that our world is almost on the brink of war as in no other time we have experienced before. Uh, the, drum, the drums are beating, the threats are flying. Fear, the spirit of fear is taking hold of people's lives all over this world. God, it started three years ago when pandemic came and it continues on the day. The attacks of the enemy are strong, but Lord, we know that you are the victor. We know that you have the power and that you remain victorious. Yes. And so God, we stand in agreement with Pastor Benjamin, with our brothers and sisters of Ukraine. Father, that you would uh, shut the mouths of the lions. Lord, that you would resist the enemy. God, that uh, as you say in the Psalms, that you would break his teeth yes. and destroy it. Lord, let their ways, let their, let their tactics be confounded and confused. Lord, I pray, God, that uh, through this time that you would continue to keep Ukraine as a strong, peaceful country. Yes. Father, I pray for the crisis, the humanitarian crisis of people who are living in such uh, dire, dire situations. Lord, that you would help us get uh, their needs met. Father, that, that, that food and that supplies, that medicine and clothes and shelter would be provided to humanity. God, that in this final hour, in this hour of need, Lord, that the bread of life would be served to these people, that yes. Christ would be made known, that Jesus Christ would be glorified Amen. throughout Ukraine. Lord, it is harvest time in Ukraine. God, I declare, Lord, that today is the day of salvation for Amen. Ukraine. Yes. And God, I would ask that you would move upon the hearts. Lord, give the leaders, the pastors, the strength and the courage to go out to win the lost, give them the 
the, the, the words to say, give them the divine wisdom and the guidance for that. Lord, that thousands upon thousands would come to know you during this time. Yes. Lord, we look forward and celebrate to those, those stories of testimony. But Father, really most, mostly too, our hearts go out to people like Pastor Benjamin. And for those people that are um, uh, in harm's way, we think mm -hmm. of so many of the different pastors that are trying to meet the needs of their congregation. Lord, I pray that you'd protect them, keep them safe, watch over these leaders, God. Lord, I pray that nothing harmful would come against them. And Lord, that you would continue to provide for their every need. And Lord, we stand before you in hopes and desire to one day stand hand in hand around your throne with Russians and Ukrainians and, and Africans and Europeans and Australians and South Americans and and Indians, Lord, as we all bow down and worship you around your throne, we will give you the glory. We will give you the honor and we will give you all praise in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ron. And yeah. again, I want to encourage you to, uh, to um, you know, uh, you have the links on there for Ron's contact, personal contact, as well as the AGWM Convoy Hope. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's help them as much as we can. And we're believing God for good things. Thank you everybody for coming on with us today. Benjamin, nice meeting you. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we'll meet face to face someday.